Good morning. We ready, Rabotai? Okay. Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today is dedicated for the Refuash and the Mav Siporabat Helen Sarah. May she have a successful surgery and a speedy recovery sponsored anonymously. As well, a Breakfast on the Class dedicated loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra Lea Shalom, whose philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. Um, it's also dedicated by the Sternberg girls. What a beautiful thing. All the girls from camp got together. Uh, and they put, the, they put some money together, all the girls of this camp. Uh, and the Zechut for the amazing staff members uh, that serve in their camp that uh, would like to find their Shidduch Batya Tila Bat Chana Chaya Ilana, Minucha Bracha Bat Batya, Tzviya Bat Esther Hensha, Avir Rachel Bat Batya, Eliana Bat Rivka Chaya, Ahuva Pesel Bat Hana Lea, Netanya Chaya Bat Dina Chana, Nechama Zahava Bat Naomi Shendel. And uh, finally, last but not least, the week of Cobra was sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. My friends, there is a famous Gemara. Uh, a famous Gemara always means that you're supposed to know that Gemara. And if you don't know that Gemara, then it's not so famous, uh, but still don't feel bad this time to be able to open up a Gemara, to study it and to learn as well. But the famous Gemara that is mentioned all the time, whenever we come to this period uh, in the calendar, the time of the, of the three weeks and uh, the nine days, is the Gemara in Makot. The Gemara says on page Chav Dalit, um, there was once a time where the Chachamim, the rabbis were traveling with Rabbi Akiva, they were coming towards Jerusalem. As they come towards Jerusalem, uh, they tore their clothes, they could already see that there was the devastation there from the destruction of the temple. Uh, they tore their clothes. And as they got closer, uh, the Gemara says, they got to Harabai, to the place of where the temple used to stand. They saw a fox coming out of the place where the Holy of Holies used to be. It was overrun. It was destroyed. The rabbis started to cry. Rabbi Akiva And Rabbi Akiva started to laugh. They sent him, what are you doing? What are you crazy? You're laughing? We just saw this. He said, why? They said, why are you laughing? He said, you tell me why you're crying and I'll tell you why I'm laughing. They said, why are we crying? We're crying because the place where it says in the Torah, Hazar HaKarev Yumat, where even a Yisrael, even a Levi is not allowed to go in and bring a Korban. <clears throat> it's so holy, only a Kohen could go there. Look now, foxes are running around. Should we not be crying? Says Rabbi Akiva, for that reason, I'm laughing. Because the Gemara, the Gemara explains that the Pasuk says, and, the, and I have two witnesses. The witnesses are, God says, Uriah and Zechariah. Those are my two witnesses. Ask the Gemara, what do these two people have to do with one another? How could they be witnesses together? Uriah is from the destruction of the first temple. Zechariah is talking about the destruction of the second temple. There's 260 years between them. Why are we putting them together as witnesses? Says Rabbi Akiva, the Torah is telling you <coughs> that Baruch Atah that the two prophecies were linked. Uriah said, Zion will become like a plowed field. The buildings upon it will be destroyed. Zechariah says a beautiful nivu'ah, a beautiful prophecy. 
He says, Od yeshvu zikenim uskenot. Once again, the elderly will come and uh, inhabit the land. Od yeshvu zikenim uskenot. Bechovot Yerushalayim. In the streets of Jerusalem, you'll see playing on the, in the sidewalks of Jerusalem. Yiladim, yiladot mesachakim. They'll be playing Bechovotea on its streets. Until I saw, says Rabbi Akiva, the prophecy of Uriah come to fruition, i.e. that Jerusalem would be destroyed to the point that it would become a, a, a threshed field, I did not know whether or not the prophecy of Zechariah would come true. Now I see that the prophecy of Uriah has come true. Even you see it's, uh, it's like a wild area. Even foxes are running around. Now I know that we will once again merit to see the, uh, the uh, restitution of Jerusalem to its former glory. That's what the Pasuk says. That's what the Gemara says. Now the Gemara seems to be very strange. What does this mean? Rabbi Akiva said, I didn't know if the prophecy of Zechariah was going to come true. We didn't believe that the, Zech- the prophecy was going to come true until he saw one. What does that mean? Also, what is the uh, Gemara telling us by saying that when the Pasuk brought these two together, that means that they're linked, so to speak, they're linked, the, the, the Nivu'ah of Uriah and the Nivu'ah of Zechariah are linked. What does that mean? So in order to answer this question, I want to point out another beautiful question which really references this moment in history. At the end of Echa, we say a very powerful line, Al haya For this, our hearts uh, uh, were upset, were worried. Al ele, for these, our eyes were darkened. That the Beit HaMikdash, the Mount of Zion, is destroyed. Foxes have gone upon it. It's the end of Echa. You'll, remind, you'll see it Saturday night when we read uh, Echa and again Sunday morning when we read Echa. So one more time. For this is my heart upset. My heart is filled with worry, with anxiety. For these, my eyes are darkened. For the Mount of Zion, which is destroyed, and for Shualim, and for the foxes that run upon it. Esachatam Sofer, a magnificent question. He says, I don't understand. Is it for this or for these? What's the difference between this and these, grammatically? This is singular, one. These is plural. So are we upset? Are we mourning for one thing? Or are we mourning for these things? Multiple things. The, the answer, my friends, is something beyond belief. The Khatam Sofer explains something incredible. Our rabbis tell us that when the first Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, they saw a demut arieh, they saw a uh, spiritual figure of a lion emerging from the Beit HaMikdash. Okay, as the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. A lion departed Beit HaMikdash. At the end, the second Beit HaMikdash, we don't see a lion. Which animal is involved in the destruction? A fox. Says the Khatam Sofer something incredible. He says, why? The first destruction, we know the first Beit HaMikdash was destroyed for what reason? The Jewish people did three tremendous averot. The three cardinal sins. Sorry? Nope. Idolatry. Avodah Zarah. 
Gilui arayot, adultery, and and shvichut damim, and murder. The big three averot, the worst three averot, the averot that you have to die rather than do, yarig valiavor, those who committed the first Beit HaMikdash. And that's why a lion came out of the, out of the temple. You understand? A lion. Because the Yetzehara, when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, the Yetzehara's job was done. What was it that destroyed the temple? A lion. You know, it, I, I want to ask you, I know, there's a lot of things when I do this on Yom Kippur that I feel like, you know, I did that one. Yep, I did that one. A lot of things. I'm not perfect. I'm sure, uh, you know, some of you are very perfect until you ask your wives or your mother-in-law, right? But you, you might think you're perfect, but you, you got some. Did anyone ever hear, right, feel, you, haragnu, I killed someone. Anybody? Yeah? I, I think, I imagine, not everybody here felt a pang of regret when, you know, when Avad Avudazara, anyone here bow down to a chair recently, to a statue? It's not something we feel uh, compelled to do. Maybe perhaps a person, Gilui uh, Arayot, act of adultery. Maybe you never did it in your life, Bezat Hashem. These sins, they require a powerful, a powerful Yetzirah. A Yetzirah that's not telling you, you know what, sleep in, you'll come 10 minutes late to praying. That I can understand. Yetzirah tells you, you know what, the guy, you know, he really wasn't so nice to you. You don't have to treat him so nice. You know, revenge. Yetzirah doesn't have to be so pumped up on iron in order to get you to do that. To get you to kill somebody, how strong does the Yetzirah have to be? Therefore, in the first Bet HaMikdash, Yetzirah was so strong, he was able to get us even to do the worst three sins. The Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin that there was once a rabbi who was teaching about the kings of Israel. And he started teaching his students about the king Menashe. And he was making fun how the king Menashe worshipped Avodah Zarah. And he got the Jewish people to worship Avodah Zarah. And he was making fun. That night, Menashe HaMelech comes to him in a dream. And he says to this rabbi, how dare you make fun of me? You know, if you would have been alive in the time when I was living, in the time of the first Beit HaMikdash, where the Yetzirah for Abu Dazarah had not yet been removed, neutered, slaughtered by the rabbis, by Chachamim, he said you would have been lifting the hem of your robe so that you could run faster to the Abu Dazarah. You have no idea. So today we feel no pull towards Abu Dazarah. But back then, the Yetzirah was incredibly powerful. Okay, to Abu Dazarah. That's what Menashe HaMelech said to this great rabbi. You would have been lifting your robes. Now remember, Menashe at this point, where is he coming to him in a dream from? The Olam HaEmet. Menashe can't tell a lie. Menashe can't sketch the guy and say like, ah, oh, if you would have been in my time, you would have fallen too. He was telling him the truth. If you would have been alive when I was alive, lifting your robes to run faster. Yetzirah, first Beit HaMikdash, very strong. Yetzirah, the second Beit HaMikdash, says the Khatam Sofer, is categorized, is symbolized by a shu'al. A shu'al is a fox. In Jewish tradition, what does a fox represent? It represents the slyest of the animals. In fact, there's many times 
There's a Gemara where the Gemara describes how the Shu'al is the cleverest of the animals. Specifically, who tells us an example of the Shu'al being the cleverest of the animals? None other than our laughing rabbi, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is teaching Torah in the time of the destruction of the temple. Says the Gemara, he gets locked up and they're going to kill him for teaching Torah. Papus ben Yehuda, another Jewish guy, is in prison together with Rabbi Yehuda. And he says, he's, he's sorry, he meets Rabbi Yehuda. He says to him, he meets Rabbi Akiva. He says, what are you doing? Why are you teaching Torah publicly? Don't you know they're going to kill you? Says Rabbi Akiva to Papus. He tells him, you know what you remind me of? There was once a fox running along the river. And the fox, he sees the fish swimming in the river. He turns to the fish and he says, fish, the, sh the fishermen are trying to catch you, you're swimming away. If you want, come out on dry land and I'll take you to safety. Says the fish to the shu'al, to the, to the fox, are you the one that they call the cleverest of all the animals? Right? You're the one? Don't you know that the second we leave the water, we're dead anyway? What was Rabbi Akiva telling Papus? Well, you think you're so clever. You're telling me not to teach Torah in order to survive? Don't you know that a Jew without Torah can't survive? And the Torah is our water. Torah is nimshal lamaim. In the end, Rabbi Akiva paid the ultimate price. In the end. In the end, it is Rabbi Akiva who laughs at the fox. You understanding now? Says the Khatam Sofer, the Shu'al represents clever animals, which are actually, the Shu'al in this example, is he clever? He thinks he's clever, but is he clever? He's so foolish. My friends, says the Khatam Sofer, that is the Yetzehara that we live with from the destruction of the second temple until today. There once was a Yetzehara that had the strength of a lion, that he was able to twist us and to turn us and to seduce us with incredible power and energy. But the power of the Yetzerhara is no longer in the strength of his pitui, in the strength of his allure. The, the strength of the Yetzerhara since the second temple is the strength of something that presents itself in the mind like it's a smart idea but really it's quite foolish. Every person, whoever does a avon, knows that in the moment, it seems like it's a smart idea. But in the end, how we, how we regret the sins that we do. Like we say in Anna, in those moments, we look at God and we say, look, I did a mistake. It, just, it was so not worth what I did. So many times a person, for the sake of one minute of desire, of temptation, what do they throw away? You throw away a lifetime of a good name because one time you stuck your hand in the cookie jar and you couldn't say no. My friends, if you recognized that the power of the Yetzirah is not in his ability to seduce you with the money, with the woman, with the kosher, with the food, with the ego, with the kavod, his power is in the mind games he plays. If I do this, I'll be more popular. 
I'll have more money. People will respect me. Don't you realize, fool? Nobody respects someone who gets something via a method that's crooked. The Shu'al presents himself as if he's clever. But ultimately, he's so foolish. Take a second look at the Shu'al and you'll recognize that actually the Yetzirah has almost no power over you. A fox is not a powerful animal. Its power is in its trickery. But if that's the case, all it takes is a person to think, to pause, not to let himself get caught up in the narrative of the Shu'al. Says Rabbi Akiva to the Talmidei Chachamim that are walking with him, he see they're crying, they say they can't believe it. Look, we had a destroyed temple once. We have a destroyed temple again. Look, the foxes are overrunning. It doesn't say Shu'al in the Pasuk. It says Shu'alim. You see, if the Yetzirah had one card that he played, how many times could he fool you, the Yetzirah? Once you do something, you'd see it didn't work out. Would you make the mistake again? You wouldn't. His logic will have been exposed. And his power is not in his seduction. It's in the game that he's telling you to play, right? My friends, <laughs> you see, exactly the opposite is true. The problem, the Chachamim says, it's not that it's one shu'al. We were nervous, we were anxious. But you know what took the light out of our eyes? Not shu'al hilchuba, shu'alim. There are many foxes. There are many games that the Yetzirah plays. But all of them are games where the hand moves quicker than the eye, where it's a question of presentation. It's not emet. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva says, however many shu'alim it is, at the end of the day, it's still a shu'al. And the time will come when we will stop believing. And my friends, I want to illustrate to you how we are living in the time of Mashiach. Today, there's a concept called deep fake. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Deep fake technology is a fascinating thing that they've invented. It uses AI, artificial intelligence. What does it do? Let's say it takes all of the videos that I ever made in these classes. It has a picture of my face from here, from here, from here, from here, from here, from here. It has my mouth open like this, like this, like this, like this, every possible iteration of my face, okay? You know what happens now? I punch into the computer that I want the video of Shlomo Fahi to say that we, the Halabis, hold that you only have to wait three hours between meat and milk. I would never say that. It's not what we hold. But if someone wanted to make a video where Shlomo Fahi was saying to the video that the Syrians hold that you wait three hours between meat and milk, they could do that. It's called deep fake technology. Today, I can have a video of President Trump saying, I'm gonna run, I'm not gonna run. I can produce whatever. So much so, we are so aware today that the internet is full of lies. We are so aware not to trust what we see online that any discerning person does not believe anything they read anymore. Is that true? My friends, do you know why I'm sharing this with you? It is not an accident that this is happening now. That we could fake people's faces, we could fake what people say, we could fake fake news 
is the language of the day. And by the way, who shouts fake news? Republicans shout fake news. Democrats shout fake news. Everybody shouts fake news. Why? Because in the time of Mashiach, every human being, every Jew, will learn that what seems to me to be obviously a good idea is fake news. We will learn not to trust our first instinct, but to look again and to look again and to look again and to get advice. Someone tells you it's a great investment. Used to be, you know the guy from when he was young, he said it's a good investment, you invest. Now, you do your due diligence. You check the online rating. You call this other guy. You have another person check it up. That's how we work today. We check things three different ways. The bank wants to evaluate your house. They send three people to go do an evaluation. And then they choose one of the evaluations. My friends, in the time of Mashiach, Am Yisrael, along with the whole world, will learn not to trust the fox, the misrepresentation of your life. The world is telling you, easy is better. Don't buy it. The world is telling you, you can get rich quick. Just invest in Bitcoin. Just invest in this. Just invest in that. There's no get-rich-quick schemes. Have we not learned that yet? Right? You, you think after all the history of the world, we'd finally have learned nothing takes the place of hard work. And by the way, if you think you made it fast, those guys that made a billion dollars on Bitcoin, where are those guys now? I love those articles. I love to bring those articles to the people that think that that's what they chase, the next big thing. They never want to put in an honest day's work in the office. The same guy that you're showing me, go search him now. You know, huge evaluation we work. Where is it now? Okay, all the unicorns. Where are they? Where are they now? MySpace, Yahoo, gone. Every guy bragged about, spoke about, you know what? If only I was gonna, and that was the big thing. And then where did it go? And then we are watching these things slowly fall off cliffs. Think of the last time you saw a blockbuster store. How many years ago was it? Think of the last time you saw a non-digital camera. All these things that seem rock solid. Eventually, they prove themselves to be nothing more than an illusion, the illusion of the fox. Says Rabbi Akiva to his friends, I'm laughing at the fox because the fox always presents something as if it's obvious. And in the end, it isn't. And although right now we are caught in his snares, in his tricks, the time will come, says Rabbi Akiva. The time will come where the old will sit on the streets, they'll return to Jerusalem, the young people will play, Mashiach will come, and in that era, that era will be fox-proof. I always laugh at the fact that now, in our era, there's a news station which upholds conservative values, and the name of the news station is Fox. I always thought that was hilarious. Just a twist of irony. My friends, I'd like to end uh, by saying this one last piece. You know, there was, a, uh, there was an old ma'amad that used to say in the name of the Hasidim, in the name of, the, uh, of, the, of some of the righteous people. They would say, you know, if ever the time came where the Jewish people would all walk out of their houses, walk out of their neighborhoods, and all hold hands together. If all the Jewish people held hands together, Mashiach would have no choice but to come immediately. 
You got that? If all the Jews could put aside their differences and hold hands, Mashiach would come immediately. Except, say the rabbis, that in order for all the Jewish people to hold hands, the only way the Jewish people will hold hands is if the Mashiach came. This is also the game of the fox. God could tell us what we need to do in order to bring Mashiach. And we will do everything except for that thing. We know Sinat Chinam is the reason. We know Ahavat Chinam is the solution. So why are we doing every other thing under the sun to bring Mashiach and not that? That's the game of the fox. But my friends, I remember when I was a kid, you know, Bugs Bunny used to say, right? You know, it's duck season. Remember that? It's wabbit season. My friends, now it's fox season. We're hunting the foxes. We understand that these things are illusions. We understand that running uh, for the, you know, going through 17 divorces because you want to have another wife every five minutes, that doesn't bring a person happiness. We know that a person uh, gains uh, fulfillment from hard work and not from get-rich-quick schemes. We know that conservative values, the values of family, of, of the nature of capitalism, of helping people. We know what works. My friends, when they sell you a bill of goods and you can look in the history of the world and see for yourself that there has never been a time when communism and socialism worked to build a successful country. Look at history. It is a game of the fox and people are finally waking up. Wake up in your personal life. Wake up in your communal life. Wake up in your spiritual life. If you keep telling yourself, I'm gonna do that, figure out how to get that done and be finished with the Yetzahara once and forever. And then together with Rabbi Akiva, we will laugh for the final day with the coming of Mashiach Merabi Amenu. Amen.